Welcome to the In the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Bird, and every week I bring you great information from fabulous people that I get to meet all over the world. I interview public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, millionaires, and moguls that share their know-how, tipping points, pivotal moments, and life lessons. I promise you educative, empowering, and entertaining conversations with entrepreneurs that have a social conscience. Don't forget to find me on social. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Facebook, it's Clarissa Burt Official. Also sign up for my newsletter at clarissaburt.com. That way you can keep abreast of the In the Limelight media as it's coming out. And you'll be getting my weekly newsletter along with the In the Limelight magazine every quarter. Check out inthelimelightmedia.com. Hey everybody, it's Clarissa here. We are back in the limelight yet with another extraordinary entrepreneur this week. I do want to remind you that you can watch uh, our uh, interview on Binge Network's Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. We're also on Google Play, Daily Motion, and a hundred other smart TV apps. Our podcasts are over on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and Podbean. I love our friends over at PressReader.com because that is where you can see the In the Limelight digital magazine. This is the last cover, and it is In the Limelight with Clarissa, intelligent media for the savvy entrepreneur. Get over to PressReader.com, or you can go over to ClarissaBert.com and read it there as well. My news desk, we do want to uh, love my news desk, by the way, because I'm getting out news releases and press releases to journalists all over the world, thanks to my collaboration with my news desk, so you're going to want to know about that. Okay, without further ado, we're going to be talking to someone who's a friend of the show um, that I absolutely love for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one, because she has one of the biggest hearts that I I think I've come across in, in um, all of the interviews that I've done for the work that she does for the autism community. We're going to be talking about that, but she's also known as the paint diva. Let's bring on Cindy Gelamini. Sorry, how are you today? How are you doing today? I am wonderful. How are you? Really great. Thanks. Really good to see you. I love our chats when we talk about paint and paint colors and how you have helped people because you are a consultant uh, around paint and helping people find the right paint and paint colors when they're working on their interiors and possibly even exteriors of their homes or anywhere, really. You are the go-to lady for how do I make it work? Because paint looks different in the store. It looks different at home. It looks different in different lighting. So I'd love to know how you got involved with this because boy, could I have used you a couple of times down the road. Well, uh, in the '90s, I used to do murals and faux finishes. There's one behind me. This I is know. a mural that Absolutely. I did. Uh, people are always like, "Are you in Florida?" No, it's a mural. <laughs> Too great. Um, and then I did that through the fad. I call it the Tuscan era when everyone right. wanted to live in Tuscany and everybody was doing faux finishes and ivy and all those kind of things. Yep. Uh, did a lot of kids' room murals. And then I saw that the faux finishes were going out of style, and I almost fell off a, an extension ladder one day when I was about 20 feet in the air. I said, that's it, done, time to do something different. Right. Um, and I walked into the paint store to buy paint for myself, and I had done murals in the owner's kids' rooms. And he says, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you walked in here. I need an interior designer to be here to work with people and help them choose paint colors all day, especially all the women. He said, the men, the guys here don't want to deal with it. <laughs> He says, I need somebody that can yes, help them choose paint colors. And I said, really? That's so easy. I don't have to carry paint cans, lug ladders. I don't have to, all I have to do is choose a paint color. I'm like, sure, piece of cake. Right. right. Um, so I went to work for him and it was really easy for me because I had been mixing paint, you know, ahead of 
time, you know, to do faux finishes and things. So I right. was familiar with a lot of the colors and what happens to them and everything. Right. Um, so back then beige was the big thing. And I'd look at the beiges and say, that one's too pink. That one's too green. This one's a little yellow. This one's just right. Yeah. The undertones. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, it's the undertones and a lot of well, it's the say, same thing. It. It's the same thing in makeup, Cindy. So yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing in makeup. I never understood like what, what, it, what the, what the, what did hues meant? Hues. What's a hue? Uh, there, hue is the color, and then there's the saturation is how right. deep the color is, right? right. A hue is just, it's just the color. And then when you talk about undertones, you're just getting more technical about, you know, what the color is. Exactly. Uh, it's like when I want to, trying to mix a color, I might need to add a little bit of red, you know, to make right. it a pinker beige. Right, right, know? right. Well, it's not even just choosing a color. I mean, a lot of times it's choosing more than one color or a palette for someone mm -hmm. because, you know, they're going to be using, you know, the complementary colors. And so, I mean, it gets a little bit more involved in that. And then, as mm -hmm. you know, as you, I know you've mentioned before, uh, and we talked about the last time was also the lighting. It's like mm -hmm. there's red light, there's white light, there's blue light, there's, and it changes the minute you get it home. Yeah. So the idea, the smart idea is always to work with, with the Pantone strips before, or the, or the swatches before mix, having it mixed, buying it, bringing it home and having mm -hmm. a disaster on your hands. Yeah. I, I never referred to Pantone. I just was very locked into Benjamin Moore and what they had. Right. I just wanted, right. If you add more elements, it makes it more confusing for people. I yep. try to pull away, take away everything that confuses them and get it down yep. to two colors. Right. Um, but you're right about the lighting because a lot of times they have fluorescent lights, it, you know, in the store and that's not what's in your home. And sure. I would see people take the colors and walk over to the window and look at them in the bright light. And I said, well, yeah, but is it a bright light in the room that you're painting? No, right. it's dark. I said, well, then you need to take it home and look yeah. at it in that, that darker light. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, just, there's just so much around it. And then, you know, when it's just done properly, it just, it just looks so amazing. When we spoke the last time, we also talked about some of the different colors of the decades, remember? And that was yes. really fun to do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. let's go back a minute. Where are we now? Now I know we're coming out of the grays and the whites and are we moving away from that anytime soon? Cause I'm not really a gray and white person. Yeah. Well, I had done um, a, a few seminars and I put together a PowerPoint and I showed everyone the colors from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the, you know, the Tuscan era to 2000s. And then now and in the 50s, we had the pink bathrooms and the turquoise and the blue. Right. And in the in this uh, in the 70s, it was the harvest gold and, and avocado and, you know, the 80s, the was the mint green and mauve. You know, right? <laughs> um, and then, Why are we laugh about that now? It looks so good at the time, you know, right? And well, what makes it even more fun is I learned from Benjamin Moore, the way they choose their colors of the year and, and their palettes and stuff is they watch what comes down the fashion runway. So whatever you yeah. see coming down the runway, they start, it right. translates over into interior design as well. Right. So in that PowerPoint, I put together fashions also. So like in the right. 80s, I had pictures of uh, Princess Diana, you know, and, and Dynasty with their big poofy sleeves and the Laura Ashley everywhere you know God. and whatever they were we were wearing you know was also you know the big poofy right. sleeves we also had right. the balloon shades you know all our curtains had the pink and the pink green and <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's why we laugh. Look back at that now. Oh, yeah, so and the big hair and the, you know, yeah. So, uh, so as I looked at that, when we got mm -hmm. to now, the past few years, it looked like a switch to black and white photography. Right. And it, everything was completely gray and white and it's right. complete absence of color. 
And a friend of mine who she had moved here from uh, Czechoslovakia, she says, I hate it. It reminds me of communism. You know, she said this. I was like, yeah, I never even thought of that. Yes. But everybody has different reactions to color and that's her reaction. Right. right. Um, but I, I knew when I saw what looked like black and white photography, I said, I could tell you what the next trend is going to be. It's going to be color. color. And they're going to, just like they say in the fashion mag magazines, right. what were we thinking? You know, where right, were we right, color? Right. Do so, we have an indication yet as to what, it, what these colors may be? Well, you know, a couple of years ago, they were talking about jewel tones like uh, teal, navy blue, fuchsia, purples. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I don't know anybody that's going to go for fuchsia and purple. Um, but navy blue, every I, I'm getting a lot of requests for yeah. hail navy. Right. Uh, which is just a really deep, dark navy blue, kind of like in your in your logo. Right, um, right, right. But as an accent wall, you know, right. I do, I'm doing a lot of accent walls now, you know, because right. it's just that it's that one step, you know, people have a hard time committing to a whole room of dark color, but one wall, you know, we can handle. We can handle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although it is really striking a whole dark wall. Remember the Ralph Lauren era when everything was like hunter green yes. and it was just beautiful everywhere. That was yes. so, so yes. pretty. Now, anyway, now everyone wants everything mm -hmm. light and bright, right? Like no more dark kitchens. Everybody wants all white, you know, right. light and bright. So even the grays that I do now are off white. They're very right. light, you know, right. and again, we can commit to the, I'll usually do like one dark room you know, like a powder room or maybe the, maybe the dining room, if it's the top half of the wall, right. you know, right. but not right. every room dark. Right. All right. Okay. And then murals, you continue to doing those, right? No, not really. No? Mm -hmm. I stopped doing those a while ago. Um, I did. They're so um, beautiful. They're so beautiful. Every once in a while, somebody can talk me out of coming out of <laughs> to do a mural. It, it depends on the project and it depends on how busy I am at the right. time. Right. You know, but um, no, I, I illustrated my children's books uh, that. And so I, I got a lot smaller instead right. of doing whole walls. I was working this bit. Right. So let's talk about that. Your children's mm -hmm. books. It's Robbie's World. And you are mm -hmm. also the author and the illustrator of these books. And mm -hmm. and you showed it to me the last time we were on. There's a it's a it's a it's a book series about little uh, about a little penguin with yes. autism. Yes. Robbie's I love world. that. Robbie's yeah. World. And I know that we can get that over on Amazon for sure. And that there, there's a series of them. Yes. Uh, and this was due to um, sort of a, 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 because of your son had autism. Mm -hmm. After his passing, this was a way for you to bring autism to the fore because mm -hmm. back when uh, you discovered that your child had autism, there was very, very little in the way of information anywhere yeah. or meetup groups or mom's groups or hospitals mm -hmm. information or internet or any of that. There's no internet. No. Right. Mm -mm. He was born in 1989. And back then five and 10,000 kids had autism. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I knew about it was I used to watch St. Elsewhere in the eighties, bringing back the eighties again. Right. And one of the doctors had a, had a son with autism and that's all I knew. And there was right. no way to do any kind of research. I knew nothing, right. nothing about it. Yeah. So, and now it's one in 50 kids, but in New Jersey, where I live, it's one in 32. And I don't know why the number's so high in New Jersey. I've asked experts and they don't, they don't know if it's because there's a higher incidence of kids or are they getting diagnosed sooner and more often now? Right. That is a scary number. Mm -hmm. And that's right. one. That so at this to... point, it's almost at the point where everybody knows somebody who's got a kid with autism. Yeah, without you a know, doubt. If everybody thinks of it, thinks of it, oh yeah, right. My, my nephew, my whatever. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so how is it that, I mean, how is it that you are still connected to the autism community and how is it that you know that your books have, have made a difference in, in the community? Well, the books only came out about a month ago and there's been a tremendous response. I'm really surprised, you know, and it's probably because so many people 
have kids with autism now. You know, yeah. not, it's not like when my son was little. Um, but I'm meeting adults with with higher functioning autism that you know are coming to talk to me and saying, "Thank you for writing the books. I wish they were around when I was a kid." Yeah. Um, but the, I had done a YouTube channel for four years. I had followed my son because after 21, all the services drop off. They can go to school a little longer. They can go till they're yeah. 21. They have special right. ed. But after 21, there's really nothing out there. And so I was trying to bring awareness to that. And then after he passed, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't videotape him anymore. And somebody had suggested writing a book and uh, and and. I got the idea to do the a children's book and my son loved penguins. So I made it about a little penguin with autism. And as I was writing it, I started to see the potential. For me, it was just like this healing process because I was right. remembering all these stories when he was a little boy and illustrating it, you know, and just kind of laughing at the silly things he did and all that. It was kind of like I was spending those months with him. But right. as I did it, I said, wait a minute, this is going to be great for all these parents that have a kid newly diagnosed and they were in the position I was. They don't know anything about it. And now they're yeah. going to do all this research and try to find out what is autism? What does it mean? What's going to happen to my child? Right. Experience as a family. And I also throw in these little words of wisdom too. you know, like to there's a scene where I where the father looks at other boys playing baseball and he always dreamed his son would be a baseball player. Right. But he has this epiphany. He's like, you know what, Robbie, you're not my mini me. It's not all about me. You were born to be different and that's okay with me. You know, I love you just the way you are. And I say that probably a hundred times in the 12 stories. I love you just the way you are because I want that to get in the parent's heart every time they read it. Right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. It's got to be quite a shock when, when, you know, when you first learn the news, because uh, it certainly isn't what you were expecting. So yeah. what is it? Uh, what is it that you How is it that, that you uh, with through the books, um, are apart from what you just told us are helping the child understand that they truly it's okay to be them yeah yeah so and so there's a there's a bunch of different people that it's good for like some people are buying it for their autistic children or their kids just with other disabilities and they're just happy to read a character that also has a disability that's not like everybody else but to keep hearing i love you just the way you are it's okay to be you you know you're not less than you know you're right it's, it's, we're all different yeah. i like to say disabilities instead of disabilities because we're all, that's all really different cute. in some way you know? disabilities that's yeah. a really great word yeah and then um I have teachers in public schools. I've done a few readings now already and librarians, they're all loving it. And I, it, it's a really great tool because my son went to school for kids that were all had autism. And now there's a lot of inclusion and they're keeping kids in public schools. So they might have a, they call it a contained classroom or they, if they're higher functioning, they might be right in school with the other kids, maybe have a, an aide or a paraprofessional or not. But if the teacher reads the books to the class, then the children will understand their classmate that has autism. And my hope is as when they fall in love with Robbie the penguin, and then they see their classmate rocking or stimming or maybe having a meltdown, right. instead right. of saying, oh, he's so weird, they'll say, oh, he's just like Robbie the penguin. Okay, how can yeah. I make him feel better? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, how can you make them feel better? That's a great question. You just have to get to know them and and because they're all different, just like everyone is different and just mm -hmm. kind of learn, learn what they like. Um, sometimes they have oversensitivity to sounds, lights, smells, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, and so if you can remove what's upsetting them. Right. You know? Or right. sometimes there was a, there was a story I saw in the news a couple of years ago that I put in my stories where a boy was having a meltdown. He threw himself on the floor and a custodian went over and got down on the floor and laid there with him. 
and just talked to him calmly and gently and just soothed him until he calm until he calmed down. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, wow. but you have to know the kid, you have to know, you know, another kid that might set them off even more. They might not want to be touched, you know, yep. and you want, might want to be left alone, but if you just take time just to get to know them a little bit, you can mm -hmm. figure it out. So you know, you're doing so much. How do you stay focused to get it all done? <laughs> it's, I know. It's, I think this is every entrepreneur's, you know, the question I asked mostly of, of most entrepreneurs, how, how are we all making it through, especially with COVID and being at yeah. home? And well, uh, I don't I know, my you, workload has tripled by being at home. Yeah, I know about yeah. you. The only reason that these books got done was because of COVID, honestly, because I, I had gone away to Israel and, and COVID broke out while I was gone. I came home and I had to quarantine for two weeks and then everybody got locked down for, you know, March, April, yep. into May. So I locked myself down at my dining room table and painted 340 illustrations. Like I just, that's what I did. Um, <laughs> and then work started again. This has been the busiest year I've ever had for my work as the paint diva because everybody's home looking at their house and their walls and they, right. they hate it and they want to change right. and they want right. to paint the place. So I, I started. I think it's one way of really kind of feeling good right now is to maybe changing yes. this. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're doing And if you have these old colors that, that yeah. you hate and yeah. it, it can make you grouchy. It's very psychological. Very yeah. psychological. Yeah. Yeah. And Zoom calls as well. Like I have a new way of picking colors for offices. Now we go in the bathroom and we look in the mirror. I look at the color of their eyes and I hold up colors that make them look good in a Zoom call. And we have right. a good laugh, yep. but that's, yes. that's the color that we pick. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. That works out really well too. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So how are you getting so it all done? I'm well, it's funny that you asked that because I, I have just this week, now that I see how being an author can become a full-time job of yeah. trying to get book signings and readings and push all that kind of stuff out, right. it's taken up a lot of time. So I just put out a message on Facebook that I'm not doing long distance appointments anymore. I'm only going to work locally. I don't have time to drive an hour to Pennsylvania and yeah. three hours out of my day that I can't do. Right. Um, and then I just had a, made a couple phone calls today to start giving stuff out. You know, I need somebody else to edit my videos for me now. I need somebody else to do this. And, you know, I, I, I really, I, I'm going to need an assistant because I, I can't yeah. do all the little stuff anymore. Absolutely. You know? I'm sure you have people help you with your, I your do. I absolutely do. And there are quite a few different places that I go to. And on my mastermind, I, I remind everybody every week, you know, don't forget that if you need the help, here's where you find the interns. Here's where you find, you know, there are a couple of really great things that we can talk off of, uh, about offline as well, that I can uh, let you know where to find interns. Yes, yeah, because I'm going to need it. Yeah. To yeah. take some, to take some of the, uh, to take some of the, you know, stuff off little things that mostly I give away, but they're the little things that help, you know, clear up my desk. So that's really good. Uh, I'm going to ask the question that I normally ask every entrepreneur that comes on the show. And that is, cannot answer your marriage or your children. Mm -hmm. What would you say that up until now has been your crowning moment? Uh, up until now? Oh, I would say that the children's books are um, for sure, because my whole life I've been looking for what my purpose is. I feel like everybody is is has is given gifts and talents, and you have some type of a purpose. At least entrepreneurial people, we think that way. It's like, why am I here? What is right. my, you know, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do? And you want to, and really, we want to help the world. You know, it's not just about oh, I want to go to a day job and come home. We want to help yeah. the world, right? So I've spent, you know, I I spent many years singing and writing songs. I spent my years doing murals and painting. I I spent years doing my video blog, and I was always like, that's good, but that's not it. Yeah, that's good, but that's not it. Right. And then when I did the books, 
the first thing I did was I wrote 12 stories all in rhyme, which was like writing 12 songs. Then I, then I sketched them out and illustrated right. them. That's and then, so and cool. I kept thinking about what videos did I do? What subjects did I talk about in the right. videos? You know, right. right. That, that was the subject matter. And then it was all, and then all of a sudden it clicked. I was like, Oh my yeah. God, this is it. This is the, everything that I've done in my life up till now has led to this. Right. So now sure. I'm trying to figure out what's next. <laughs> Well, well, I'm telling you what's next is, you know, you are quite, you, you are quite the entrepreneur and, um, and I just know you and I know you speak because I'm a Jersey girl. Don't forget. So I know, <laughs> I know your spirit. I can, I feel the energy, you know, coming right. off of you and you are just so bound and determined. I know I'm, I guarantee you these books are going to be just, you know, off the charts success for you. And, uh, and I think you're just going to be able to, you'll figure what, what's going to be next, but I think it's going to be possibly, uh, your own show. I'd like to see you do your own show about autism. Yeah, I and and that's another thing that I'm adding on here because I've been I my YouTube channel I kind of just switched and I started interviewing other parents that have autistic kids just to see the difference in everybody's journey. Right. Then right. that led to talking to professionals, you know, and um and I was like, actually, hmm, this makes a good podcast. I think I'm going to turn that into a podcast. <laughs> so that was another phone call today. It's like, I don't have time to edit any audio files or anything. I need to pass this to somebody and get it on, you know, the internet for me. And yep. I said, all I want to do is sit on a Zoom call, talk to people, interview them, and send the files off to somebody else. Send the files off to somebody else. There you go. That's all you have to do. I can't thank you enough. Cindy Gelormini, who is the paint diva, nj.com. You see it on the ticker below. Thanks again for your time. Love chatting with you. Keep us abreast of everything that's going on. We're always here should you need us. And I'm going to say thank you until the next time uh, that I bring on for all of you, another extraordinary entrepreneur. Bye everybody for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the In the Limelight podcast, intelligent media for the savvy entrepreneur. You can listen to this and all of my podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and Inspired News Radio. You'll find all of my videos and the In the Limelight digital magazine on clarissavert.com. And don't forget to connect with me on social pretty much anywhere. Stay well until we meet again in the limelight.